Hey there, conductors. If you've ever felt that you're not quite sure what to do next when you're studying a score, maybe you don't even know where to start with a difficult piece. Maybe you study one piece too much and then you realize at the first rehearsal that you don't know another one well enough. Or maybe you're a new conductor and you don't know what score study is. I'm excited to share that I'm finally publishing and sharing my score study checklist. I've been refining this for 12 years now, and I'm so excited to share it. It is going to walk you through my structure, my process to make sure that I learn every score that I need to learn well enough and so that nothing falls through the cracks. So it covers everything that you need to know. There's a link in the show notes. Go ahead and click it, sign up, and you'll get that score study checklist sent right to your email. You'll also get access to an eight-minute video of me explaining what each section is and how I use it to organize all the music that I need to learn. It's only eight minutes, so it's not going to take you a whole hour to learn how to study better, how to put up a process for your score study and how to make sure that nothing is falling through the cracks. So again, click the link in the show notes, and I hope to see you soon. Now, please enjoy this episode of Podium Time. Hey there, Podium Time audience, and thank you for joining us for this mini episode of Podium Time. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that I'm in my new office, which is really just a section of my new apartment in Loveland. I'm excited to finally be settled here and have an office set up. Um, So I'm here to record for you uh, 10 lessons that I've learned hosting Podium Time for, we're about, we're going to celebrate our four-year anniversary in August, but really we started the podcast about four and a half years ago when we interviewed Joanne Folletta in November of 2016, whatever year that was. Anyway, I've had this episode on my docket wanting to do, and when this comes out, I will actually be turning 28, it's my birthday, so I thought, what a great time to reflect and uh, share some of those lessons. And there are some good ones. So, first big lesson I've learned hosting Podium Time and interviewing over 100 conductors, professional conductors, is that conducting is really barely about conducting. If I had, like, a mic drop sound <laughs> to put in easily uh, ready, I would I would do it. Um, I mean, you, you should know this by now if you've been listening to the podcast. Conducting is so little about what you're actually doing. It's so much about your leadership skills and your musicianship and your, your score study and your rehearsal and what you're able to do on the podium with the people. And how you conduct is really just one of the many, many, many ways that you are making that music happen and communicating with those individuals on the stage. Um, I just finished up the last day of a... Uh, workshop with Mark Antefacker, and we were talking about um, the Barbara Adagio for strings. And we were talking about just the opening, and I did this piece at a workshop a couple years ago, and everyone's like, oh, you got to show the, you know, people are like, you got to show the breath, and you got to bring everyone in, and blah, blah, blah. And as as we're going through it and studying it, and I'm realizing probably three years later, since since I last did this piece, like there's so much more than the physicality of it. There's so much about the pacing and the balance and the the structure that intertwines in it. And it's just the more I learn about conducting, the more I realize that conducting is not about what you do with your hands on the podium. It's just it's just so very little about what you do with your hands on the podium. Oh my god. And then you get into music director stuff and leadership and programming and community outreach. Anyway, so that's my first big lesson. <laughs> um, uh, hosting podium time, which means that I'm focusing a lot more on 
what I'm doing in my brain and rehearsal preparation than the actual physical conducting practice that I used to do. You know, that's got its place, but it's important. But really, conducting is really not that much about conducting. Um, Second two, I'm holding up four fingers. Second big lesson um, is that there are a lot of paths to becoming a conductor, but not really. Like there are really only like three or four or five paths that usually work. You can definitely become a conductor, not in one of these paths, but generally these are the frameworks that will work. And, you know, go ahead and follow those and do something a little bit more creative. I'm choosing, I'm choosing to not follow one of these paths and do something a little bit more creative for a couple of reasons. But, you know, if you want to be a high profile conductor, like tippity top, Basically, that path is uh, get a really good degree in performance, become a really good performer, um, start go to conducting school at a really high level, get into like a really good school like Aspen or Tanglewood, and then you become an assistant conductor of a professional orchestra and you work your way up. And then, you know, you guest conduct. And, you know, that's one path. If you want to go be a regional director, usually you'll start out similarly but then after your assistantship, you'll get a regional orchestra, and then you'll kind of stay in regional orchestras. There's really so many ways to become a conductor, and everybody has their own story. But really, it's less about, like, how am I going to do it? And more like, start with those frameworks and follow them, because they work for 90% of people who become conductors. It's all about going to a good school, getting really good at conducting, get becoming an incredible musician, and then getting a lot of time to practice conducting. Um, whether that means leading your community ensembles, leading your school group, being the assistant of a major symphony orchestra, uh, starting your own orchestra. You know, there are a lot of paths, but there are also only a certain number of paths. So go ahead and, and stick on those. I mean, they, they work. They work for almost every single conductor. Lesson three. Three. I got to get my fingers right. Lesson three that I've learned from hosting Podium Time for four years is that harmony and structure are so much more important than I thought when I was in school. When I was a young musician, I was like all about melody and rhythm. Like these are the things that I latched on to. Those are the things that come really naturally to me. Harmony does not really come naturally to me at all. But the more I study, the more I work with teachers, the more I take score study specific workshops and work with teachers who, who specialize in teaching score study, and the more I learn from these high-level musicians, the more you realize it's really all about harmony, and then it's really all about structure within that. So when you're studying, focus on the harmony, focus on the structure. Melody doesn't mean nearly as much without the harmony that it's attached to. And that, that's been a, a really big point of growth for me as a score studier. I play violin, so I just, I just never touched harmony. Uh, if you're <laughs> go sit at the piano and play the harmonies on a, on, on a piece, it's, it's totally different than playing just one line. And, but seriously, that's like where the juice of the music is. It's in harmony, structure, and then melody, orchestration, those other things. There's so much, so much. Um, fourth lesson, it's really hard to talk about music. Like, it's really hard to talk about music. Very rarely do we actually get to talk about, like, music performance and execution on the podcast just because it's difficult. It's difficult to talk about music and share those lessons, whatever they are. That works really great in a classroom. It works really great with an ensemble. And you'll notice we don't talk about score study as much on the podcast because we found we were getting the same answer from most people, um, which is one limit of the podcast genre. 
um, when I do these score study workshops, a lot of times you're the best way to do that performance study is with a recording, with a professional orchestra and comparing different recordings. What are the subtleties? What are the, what's the different sound color? And comparing those with the teacher, that's a really good way to talk about performance. And we don't do that on the podcast because it's really hard. And that's one thing that's really awesome about these classes with, uh, with Mark Andes. We, we do a lot of that comparison. Let's see. The fifth lesson from podium time is that there's always more work than you think there's going to be. Oh my God. If you've ever started a podcast, you know what I'm talking about. You think you just stand there and talk and maybe draw up an outline and then do some editing. Um, I mean, even just like moving into this apartment, I'm just doing my taxes. Uh, I'm planning a wedding right now. Just uh, there's so many things that you don't even know until you get into it. And that's the same with conducting. And I mean, basically everything in life, but with conducting, Leave more time to study, leave more time to rehearse than you think you need, because there's always going to be more things that come up that you don't understand. And that's why it's so critical to be conducting as often as you can from the beginning, whatever that means. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. A little bit later as in right now, because I forgot what order my points were in. Point number six, some things, things, sometimes things are just out of your control. Um, a lot of young conductors, the hardest thing we have to deal with is not conducting. Well, guess what? We've been in a pandemic for the past um, nearing a year and a half, um, and there are not many opportunities to conduct. You know, if you were established and you've got a small ensemble and you've got a small orchestra, those are the people who are able to kind of keep conducting, but they're not really the ones <laughs> who need it right now. Um, sometimes things are out of your control. If your career was pulled back, as basically everybody in the music business were, was by this pandemic, yeah, that's out of your control. And unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it. That's just a lesson we got to learn. I don't really have any great advice except to roll with it. This showed up in the podcast because we were getting we were getting X number of downloads per episode at the beginning of the pandemic. And then it dropped to one third of that. And we've kind of stayed steady there. And there are a couple reasons, I think. I think people just aren't driving. The other factor is that we were releasing more episodes, so they were getting, you know, cut how many people could listen to. And then also a lot of people started podcasts this summer. Um, and that just means there's more podcasts, there's more um, more competition for listeners. So I thank you very much for sticking up with us here at Podium Time. And if you started a podcast this summer, you're awesome. A bunch of my friends did. Um, and we've had some of them on the podcast recently. So... Um, yeah, things are out of your control, which goes with there's always a lot of work. So, um, you know, if, if you have a podcast idea, go ahead and start it. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, let's see. Number seven. Speaking of podcasts, there's a lot of conductors in the world. Like, oh, my God, there are so many. I didn't realize. I thought I knew a lot of conductors. And then I started reaching out to conductors. And then I started meeting more conductors. And now I still meet, I mean, even just orchestral conductors is such a small circle of people we have and we mostly focus on orchestral i don't even know all the band and i know there are way more band conductors than there are orchestra conductors i think i don't even know all the all the choir conductors um all the opera conductors all the ballet conductors there are so many conductors in the world which also leads me into number eight is that people really like to give advice it is surprisingly easy to get people on the phone especially now when everyone's used to doing zoom classes when everyone's used to just talking virtually and that's really what's been awesome for putting our podcast together is that probably 90% of the people we reach out to 
agree to come on the podcast. Some people never respond. Very rarely does somebody say no. Um, but, you know, people are willing to talk to you. So go out and talk to people. Get advice from people. Start your own interview podcast if you want, because there are people there willing to talk. There are so many. Um, and people like talking. People like giving advice. People like talking about themselves. People like sharing their life stories. Um, so if, if there's something, buddy, you want to meet, just read it, reach out to them, find out how you can reach out to them. Cause there are so many people and they want to give advice. Lesson nine, we're nearing the end. Listen again and again, things will always hit you a different way. This happens for me with books, with music. You probably know with movies that I watch and I love watching movies from my childhood. Cause some of them, some of them don't hold up, but some of them turn out to be way better than I remembered. Like galaxy quest. It's one of my favorite movies. I liked it when I was a kid because we watched it all the time. And then I showed my uh, my soon-to-be wife, and then I watched it as an adult, and I realized how freaking good Galaxy Quest is. That is a fantastic movie. Oh my, go watch Galaxy Quest if you haven't seen it. It's a parody of, like, Star Wars and Star Trek. Mostly Star Trek. Go watch it. It's, it's so, 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 so good. Anyway, this, uh, this shows up in podium time sometimes, because sometimes just getting a second time to go through some information makes a big difference and how you perceive it, how you learn it, how you understand it the second time. Um, there have been a couple episodes where when we were doing the interview, I was like, this is a fantastic interview. This is so good. I can't wait to edit this and like pull out all the, there's so much good stuff in here. And then when I'm editing it, I realize that uh, it's lost some of its luster. I don't know why, but that happens sometimes. Just listening to it a second time, I realize that there's not too much more to get out of it. Uh, most interviews, I'm like, this is great, and then they turn out great. But sometimes it's a surprise like that. Sometimes we'll be in an interview, and I'll be like, wow, um, this is going to be a tough episode to edit. What am I going to do with this? There's not so much in here. And then when I listen back, when I go to edit, when I go to take notes, I realize that, wow, this is like a really, really good episode. I'm not going to say which ones these were. Um, but if it weren't a good episode, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have posted it. Um, but listen to episodes a second time go to workshops with the same teacher a second time there's so much more to learn that second time also go watch galaxy quest and the 10th lesson and this is kind of a hard hitter it kind of hits home is that you've just got to stay in it um you got to have this identity of being a conductor you have to stay in the game and it's really hard sometimes um i probably wouldn't still be studying conducting if I weren't doing this podcast, because when you're a young conductor, like I said earlier, the hardest thing you have to deal with, besides not having any authority or not knowing what you're doing, the hardest thing you have to deal with is just never, ever getting a chance to conduct. Um, I graduated with my master's. Oh, there's Daisy. I graduated with my master's. Uh, oh, gosh, three, four years ago, four, three years ago, three years ago, this this past month. And um, since I graduated, I've only conducted maybe less than 12 times an orchestra. I mean, that could be a whole rehearsal or that could just be like a little, a little bit. Um, but when you're in a busy area where there's a lot of competition, when you don't have the funds to hire your own orchestra or go to a lot of workshops, you got you to gotta get that thing that keeps you in the game because it just takes time. You'll get more opportunities. You can save up and do more workshops. You can organize a charity concert and get that stuff. But you just got to stay in it. 
Um, and it is really hard sometimes to feel like you're a conductor. And that's why I say it's part of an identity thing. That's why this podcast has been incredible for me as a conductor to stay in the game because sometimes, you know, I have to take another job. All the time I have to take another job. And then you start to feel like, oh, maybe I'm a this. Maybe I'm not a conductor. Maybe I'm doing this thing over here. And um, so if you've, you know, if you've kind of waffled on whether you want to be a conductor or not, you know, really consider it. If it's right for you, you I think you can, you can definitely stay in it. If it's wrong for you, then, you know, that's, that's your thing. I don't want to discourage or um, I don't want to discourage anybody from doing what they're doing just because it's hard. Because guess what? <laughs> Having a career in music is really hard, especially when everything's been been shut down for over a year now but that's my 10th lesson is that you just you got to stay in it if you want to be a conductor it's a long hard road but you got to stay in it so conducting is barely about conducting there are lots of paths but really there are only a couple of paths harmony and structure lead basically every piece of music i mean for a while it's really just harmony and 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 like form and small scale and large scale structure it's really hard to talk about music Everything you do is always going to be a whole lot more work than you think it is going into it. So plan more time. Also, things are way out of your control all the time. That's okay. You just got to get with the punches. There are so many conductors in the world. A lot of them are willing to talk to you and give advice for free. A lot of them will also charge you, and they should because they're professionals and they're working. But reach out. Take a chance. Learn from the people you want to. Also, listen again and again and just stay in the game. It's it's hard to be a conductor, but you're doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> We're all doing it. So reach out. Let us know what you think about these mini episodes. Our next episode is going to be on the 10 lessons I learned working in the Colorado Symphony box office for three years. Also, it lines up with when I with when I uh, graduated my master's. That's a good one. A lot of good lessons that um, you conductors may have something to learn from. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been a Podium Time mini episode on lessons I learned from hosting the podcast. Bye-bye.